What's up ya a bunch of nerds? Don't fret, this is a safe place. On this very special episode of, See No, Hear No, Speak No, UFOs, Conspiracies, and Murder. I believe that, by living a full week in the world of Sutomu Miyazaki, it had made simply recounting a simple story about this human waste, wrapped inside a tortilla lovingly made of used diapers, and seasoned with pedophile kisses, an impossibility. When scribbling my brain's electrical misfires down with the intent of documenting a monster's journey to full monstrosity in the form of pertinent facts, dates and occasions something happened. My despise for such a despicable creature opened up the floodgates holding back my vile, vomitous bile and contemptual personal comments. I was therefore unable to keep my own prejudice from spilling out and soaking into the screen. I wanted the shock I had felt on covering his hateful depravity kept just as organic. For not only you dear listener, but Rob Bot and Shichi as well. But in doing this it seems I had spun a true crime yarn a bit too captivating. When each pause for conversation came it had been met with only silent contemplation. So I've decided to do a remix of sorts with this one. You get the opening with all three dummies. Then, you get the story part 1 as written by me. Then you get the ending. Which, to lighten things a fair bit, somehow became a quiz show hosted by me and some of the most unfair rules I could think of on the spot. Let's just say that I, myself, and in turn, you dear listener win. Guess what, people? Remember last week? Remember the show from last week? Remember that awesome, crazy, just no-holds-barred, fucking goddamn, just complete explosion of anything that was normal for us? <laughs> Chris definitely glazed over it. It was fun. Not gonna happen again. You know why? Because the broken microphone that Robert had doesn't exist anymore. Now he's got a new one. And you know what? The shit that broke on me just in time to do my stupid three-minute intro. Yeah, I don't have any more. I got a new one. So we straight. Chris, on the other hand, is still talking into his tablet in his hands like he's mumbling to God about something weird. He's still using his handheld device. Oh, his... Handheld device. His personal pan pizza. So... Indeed, the same thing I watch porn on is the same thing I talk to you kids on. I mean, that's technically, that's also true for me, so. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, then we have a theme going on here. Um, I don't think I want that to be our theme. (laughs) So remember, kids, if you have ear pods in, please clean your ears after you listen. Oh, and see a doctor. See a doctor, (laughs) because Chris, who knows when he's been tested last, so. 
If you're listening now. <laughs> oh, the, the mwahahas. Chris has got a case of the mwahahas tonight. I have uh, completely, one, just completely 100% kept this week's episode a secret. Neither of them knows anything at all about this episode. Are you finally letting it out of the dungeon? Um, it's dark. Kinda. See, I'm going to do this a little differently than I normally do these, right? I'm just going to start telling you about this person. I'm not going to tell you at the beginning, this is such and such, and they did this, and here's what the story. Uh-uh. Not doing this shit no more. It's it's like it's like uh, you coming in your pants, you know? I'm not doing it. <laughs> do we get the guess <laughs> when we know it? Don't be stealing my goo goo <laughs> it just seemed like the right time. And on that note, welcome to another <laughs> just good, 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 good episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. The UFOs, the conspiracies, the mwahahals, and the murders. And me. Corporal. And email us at See No, Hear No, Speak No pod. <laughs> At gmail.com or <laughs> our newer, easier, sleeker, sexier email address, snhnsnpod at gmail.com. We're going to keep telling you people to do it. We know, we know this already, that you're not gonna. I mean, we, mm. I've gone through life not getting invited to parties the whole time. Indeed. So me too. some douchebags out there that are listening to me in their, their, dark little dank rooms and just furiously touching themselves i don't give a shit if you ever email me how about that how about that huh how about don't well, email me or at least log I on mean, to the patreon the parties the parties you do go to some chick winds up pooping on the floor oh that's <laughs> one i played at i so. wouldn't even i wasn't invited to that if i wasn't playing at it uh, they wouldn't have let me go Cringing and whimpering into this cold, cold world, August 21st, 1962. Satomo Miyazaki takes one look at the prospects that await him, and with a flinch, he says, Oh God, please, no. Born prematurely weighing only 2.2 kilograms and not under quite normal consequence, more on that later, he had been gifted with a unique deformity, one that has his wrist fused solid, one like, um having palm connect direct forearm. His life is subsequently a comedy of errors, involving full arm turns at that, most likely knocking countless drinks on countless laps with countless coyly puking a bit in his mouth before wordlessly escaping to the nearest hovel. This deformation was forever at the forefront of his day-to-day life. At the ripe old age of five, his complex intensified as a result of a classmate's passing comment along the lines of, Hey, funny hands. <laughs> so our underdog in this tale spends his life hiding his hands from photographs. And as the most fashionable accessory possible, almost always with his peepers tightly on the downest of lock. 
Satomu occupies his time with not speaking to, associating with, or being noticed by the population at large. Once in the third grade, he penned an opus of an essay that went as follows. When I grow up, I want to buy a car and go driving. I'll stop at a restaurant and eat some curry or rice or something. I might even visit relatives. Which, to me, is the saddest fucking thing I've ever heard. So being a young man in this position, of course, his twilight hours then became inundated with visions of giant-boobed, pre-adolescent magical girls from dimensions both exotic and... (laughs) exotic... in the form of manga and anime. This obsession became the downfall of his studious nature, of course, and in high school his grades plummeted. Plummeted so hard like your ability not to blubber like a moron after watching that one Full Metal Alchemist where that dude makes a dog girl out of his daughter and her dog and then that guy kills her and because it's an affront to to nature and God and alchemy it, at that is just bad. I mean, fuck, man. Fuck. So, Satomu's big city dreams of both learning and then teaching English dashed accordingly by badass transformation sequence and schoolgirl panty shots were then relegated to community college where he studies the breakneck dog-eat-dog world of becoming a phototechnician. The coffee's for closers only. Dog-eat-dog world. That's what I'm saying. I get it. Do you? I mean, do you get it though? I'm leaving this in, you know. It's already been left in. (laughs) Oh, my relationship. After only a few short months that followed the uh, day of my birth, in the spring of the benevolently magnanimous year of 1983, Satomu graduated and found employment at a printing plant owned by an acquaintance of his papa. He slaved away in the photoprocessing mines for three years undoubtedly developing the strongest elbows known to mankind, as he developed photo after photo of happy normal folk with his pickaxe and trusty canary sidekick named... Hmm, what could we name the canary sidekick? Uh, Studebaker. The canary sidekick's name is Studebaker. You're completely blank-faced, barely nod right now? No. No, 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 it's not just good. Exactly. So it's like... Exactly. So you're like, pe- people are like, people are like, hey, what's your bird's name? And you're like, oh, that's Studebaker. And they're like, what? That's like when you name a dog like Jeff or something, you know? It's just like, that's not a, a dog name. That's a people name. That's so weird. <sighs> Earning the hefty sum of one million yen a year. This dude was not only a millionaire, this dude was a multi-millionaire. Well, after I've done the conversions and uh, the year for the 1983, and um, it seems that maybe I was a bit off. He was, well, he had made $13,000 in the three years he worked there. But after he had made his personal fortune, he moved back into his parents' house, sharing a two-room annex to the main house, that was situated a little closer to the father's printing press business. And he lived there with his eldest sister. More on her later. 
His father, Katsumi Miyazaki, was owner of Akikawa Shimbun, which was a major local Ichikatsuki newspaper. Not unlike, uh, you know, the wheels and deals that you find at the uh, gas station for free um, in many respects. He was a man known for his unfailing courtesy, which is very much like the Olive Garden and their never-ending breadstick policy in many aspects. The family at large was also... They carried a pretty considerable political influence, not unlike the white, middle, working-class, Midwestern elderly in respectful aspects that are very numerous and just a lot of. All of this influence, though, did little to sway influence over Sutomu. His papa was a workaholic, addicted to that sweet, sweet workahol, which is a terrible joke. I understand this, but it happened anyway, so we're all just going to deal with it, and then we're just going to move past it. His mother, Reiko, was also just a slave to the hypnotic rhythm of both samba and what the Japanese call working. Although she did attempt to at least compensate Satomu with gifts in place of her love and affection. Gifts in the form of such things as a Nissan Langley, which is a very middle-of-the-road, not impressive in any way whatsoever, sedan. So, hey, here's a car, kind of love you. Got a business to do. But more on the Nissan Langley later. Satomu would later reminisce. If I tried to talk to my parents about my problems, they'd just brush me off. I even thought about suicide. What a whist that was. Setsuko and Haruko, those are the names of his two youngest sisters, they regarded him as nothing more than just a repulsive non-factor. He was the weird-handed ghost that just walked around the house that everybody knew was kind of there, but they didn't want to admit it because then they'd have to believe it, and then they'd have to maybe even, I don't know, uh, interact with it. So they just basically were repulsed by him and uh, just kept their, uh, kept their sisterly sisters to their sisters. Selves. Was that awkward enough to say? To listen to? It was good, I think. You're not listening at all. You're reading a book. I'm doing both. Mmm. Yeah. We know how good you are at multitasking when you're reading books. I'm not going to. I haven't gotten past the first page. I can't hear your words. My words. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> Tell me, shut up. You shut up. The one and only humanity-showing human in Tsutomu's life was his grandpapa, Sokuichi. He had served on the city council and was widely just well-regarded as a, um, you know, he's a cool dude, I guess. It was Sokuichi alone who showed any genuine interest in this young man, who was by now drowning in a barely containable boobs and blue hair oil slick, gasping for air from being out of breath from as many times a day, masturbatory spurts, accompanied only by his loneliness and his honest-to-God micropenis. 
Satomu avoided women his age like a plague. Like a like a plague that's made up of a bunch of tightly compacted super plagues and great aunt family reunion kisses, for fuck's sake. One of his high school classmates, most likely that gossipy bitch Scott, yeah, Scott, we all knew, went on record saying, his penis is no thicker than a pencil, and no longer than a toothpick. As all of the kids around him went, oh! To which I like to believe, Satomu retorts, at least it's all wood, baby. Just uncontrollable snot, tears, it, he probably farted a few times as he ran away, just trying to put on a brave face. The strange thing about this guy here, the strange thing being that this monster of a nerd, that regular nerds wouldn't spit on if their spit could cure world hunger, and his face was poverty-stricken Africa, the only geek in geek history whose family's great wealth didn't even almost entice a single impressionable young lady into abandoning her self-respect for him. What I'm saying is that he couldn't have sex with someone if he was both David Bowie and Mick Jagger in the late 70s, early 80s, including the time when David Bowie and Mick Jagger had sex with each other in the late 70s, early 80s. So, this complete lack of human interaction and sexuality led him to have an extremely overactive sex drive. Because that's what happens when you can't have that's it. That's my explanation. That's what psychology is, people. In college, he would take his cameras out to the women's tennis courts to take clandestine crotch shots of the players so that he could furiously Christerbate later. That's Christerbate trademark by Jason. That is crying while you masturbate. And that's it. You can't use it, and if you do... You gotta pay my lawyers. I get nothing, but I'm told somehow that it's a win-win. It was around this time that he grew tired of adult Japanese porno, saying they black out the most important part. His disgusting self being tortured by this then turns his attention to child pornography. Since, apparently, the genital ban in Japanese porno is not a ban on genitals in particular, but on pubic hair, which I suppose child pornography has none. So I don't know the legality of that. It's confusing, but his, um, I don't know, his loophole seems to be valid. I, I, you just got nothing. You got nothing over there. Just she looks as uncomfortable as I feel right now. So, in 1988, tragedy struck when Satomu's grandfather, the only adult in his entire life who had treated him warmly at all or even like he wasn't some fucking sideshow annoyance, dies. He dies in May. His death marks the complete and utter just break of Miyazaki's bonds to any sort of need of any sort 
of society. Satomu's adoration of his grandfather was so great that he went as far as to eat a heaping helping of his cremated bones even. It's claimed that he wanted to reincarnate his grandfather and believed that his reincarnation couldn't be complete if any of his grandfather's body remained. So, like I said to you earlier, he had to turn his grandpapa's ashes into poo. That's how the magic works. Yes, ew, it's gross, but that's magic. If you want to do magic, you got to deal with it. She's not dealing with it. His great-grandfather's death had cemented the long-awaiting estrangement of Satomo to his family, being the only thread that kept him there to begin with. It was around this time that he was caught by his younger sister uh, while he was taking a peek at her in the shower, when she, using every right that was afforded her, yelled at him for it. He flew into a blind rage and smashed her head against the bathtub. Later, he would remember this as he spends quality time with his pencil toothpick deep in the annals of his room while watching anime. Just like Chris, deep in the annals of America's roads, deeper yet in the annals of his truck cab. Annals! It's a good word. His mother, when confronting him about his foray into incestuous voyeurism, suggested that he spend more time at work and a little less time with his imaginary magical princesses. Well, he then flew into a blind rage and beat the fuck out of his mom. His dad, being nowhere in sight because he just didn't give a shit anymore, had just long, 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 long ago decided that he didn't need or want to talk to his son in any way whatsoever, so whatever. I, I felt all alone, Miyazaki later explained, surprising no one. And whenever I saw a little girl playing on her own, it was almost like seeing myself. Which, if you are a man that has graduated college, and you find yourself saying, whenever I see a little girl playing all alone, it just... It just reminds me of me. See a therapist. See ten therapists, even. That's a that's a ten therapist problem. That's a it's a doozy, but it can be worked out without the things that happen next. You know. If his ashes come out of this poop, uh huh. They haven't disappeared from the earth. Well, no. See, it changes the ashes into poop. And so they're not ashes anymore. Yeah. Now it's poop. Yeah. But it's poop now. No, they come out. I'm sure there's nothing in your digestive system to digest ashes. But then it, but, but it's, it, but it comes out as poop. It, you don't just like, like go to the bathroom and like, like a bunch of dry ashes come poofing out. You know? They're still there. Uh, but they're, but now it's poop. It's like alchemy. You're turning ash into poop. No. It's like, turn, it's. It's like when you turn lead into gold, it's but... It's still there in the world, so you can't be reincarnated if he thinks it's disappearing from the earth. Well, technically, matter can't be created or destroyed, so everything is something always well, and forever. people, everything on earth is supposed to be in balance, but you have all those people sending ships of trash out into the galaxy. Are we sending ships of trash out into the galaxy? Did they throw trash away up there? 
In Futurama? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a plot of one of the episodes of Futurama. I don't think that we've shot rockets with trash on them yet out into space. I thought they brought trash out and threw it away into space. I mean, that's a great idea. No, it's not a great idea. It's no. fucking with the balance of the Earth. It's off Earth. I could be fucking with the balance of Earth. We'll have this conversation after. Don't you pout and go back into your book. Pout and go back into my thing, too, then. So around 3 p.m. on August 22nd, 1988, just three short months after the only person that ever gave a shit about him had died, a little girl named Mari Kano, who was four years old, left her apartment complex in Saitama. She was going to her friend's house to play some two-player Street Fighter 1. What what? At 6.23 p.m., being almost three and a half hours later, after not returning home, her father, architect Shigeo Kano, phoned the police, unable to contain his frantic panic that his daughter had not come home yet and she was four years old. And, you know, he gave her money for cigarettes, and he's been out of cigarettes for two hours. I mean, where's his four-year-old daughter with his cigarettes that she was supposed to pick up on the way home? So, at the same time that this pop is calling the cops about the daughter that he can't find, his daughter is in a forest about 50 kilometers away, being slowly strangled to death. Earlier that day, when she had left her apartment complex, a, a Nissan Langley, thank you very much, pulled up, and a man popped out, looking much like some kind of weird tuber, maybe even like a, a man made of legumes, not funny, asks young Mari, wouldn't you like to go somewhere where it's cool? Wait, no, that was the way too cool a voice for him. Wouldn't you like to go somewhere where it's cool? With a simple nod yes from this four-year-old girl, she was never seen again by anyone but Tsutomo Miyazaki. So he drives this little ball of innocence an hour and a half from where it had left home and stops on a narrow dirt road deep in the woods near... Shintama Power Station. They exit the car and they begin a hike down a mountain pass, and after about 20 or 30 minutes, they had come to his randomly selected destination, which was really only about 20 meters off of the main hiking trail. Just because this guy's a nerd doesn't mean that he's smart. Young Mari seems a bit tired now, after a 20 or 30 minute hike and a hour and a half car ride with a complete stranger and also at the same time with the caveat of being fucking four years old I would be too she also was probably uh, quite a bit frightened so uh, she begins to sniffle but who knows maybe she just had a cold <sighs> well now Satomi starts to panic because what if she does start to cry the hiking trail was a well-traveled one and Someone hearing 
A crying four-year-old girl off in the distance could possibly jeopardize his plan to make sure that this tiny child never saw her fucking parents again. So before this could happen, he places his deformed fucking claws around her throat, and he tightens. He keeps tightening until her body goes completely limp. He then undresses her, and he fondles her with a fair amount of rehearsed reverence. He gathers up her shorts, her panties, her shirt, and her shoes, and then he just simply strolls out of the forest and back into his car. This marks the end of what little life Marikana was around to enjoy. But it also marks the beginning of Tsutomu Miyazaki, the inhuman monster, capable of the utterly unthinkable. The man also known as the Otaku Murderer. A man made of despicable garbage, as you will find, who has been found guilty of the heinous crime of prank calling. Which, I know that we all will agree, is the most heinous of heinous. Heinous! Heinous annals! Annally heinous! <laughs> I'm a terrible person. <laughs> here he comes, here comes the racer. He's a demon on wheels. He's a demon and he's gonna be chasing after someone. Leaning on you so you better look alive. He's busy revving all his power for my fight. And when the odds are against him and this dangerous work. You bet your life's be racing, we'll see it through. Go be racer, go be racer, go be racer, go. Go be racer, go be racer, go be racer, go, go. So, I want to close this out by, by asking you each a very personal question. No. No? I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask it regardless if you answer it or not. I'm going to ask it. Is that okay? No. Well, that's the beauty of this is that it's still going to happen. So, Chris. I just like saying no. Chris? Yes. That was your perfect fucking opportunity to say no. <sighs> <laughs> um, <coughs> okay. I don't ever do what you think I'm going to do. Yeah, that is no that's not always true because um no shut up <laughs> okay we <clears throat> talked about masturbation way too much in the show um mm-hmm. my question is uh and first to you and then it's coming to you rob uh is uh what's your favorite anime and why like i don't want deep fucking like feelings or nothing just be like tell the people something cool to watch so they can be a little more like the hero of our story. <laughs> Is that really what you want? <laughs> no. Why would I? No, Chris. What's your favorite White Snake song and what hot chick would you put in the video on top of the Trans Am? Ooh. Are you really I going more hot white chicks in quite a while? Ah. Oh. Um. I didn't say hot white chick. I said, what's your favorite white snake song? And what hot chick would you put on top the Trans Am in the video? 
Oh, okay. I just kind of mixed everything up there, didn't I? Dyslexic hearing. Yeah. I, for some reason, I knew it was white snake, but I also thought you said hot white chick. But, okay. Um, so... Hmm. My favorite white snake song. Didn't they do Once Bitten, Twice Shy? I literally do not know any I think that, I think specific white snake. If, if that's a white snake song, I've heard of it. Yeah. And I've heard it. So you are. That, <laughs> We're going to go right. with yes. You're correct. Yes. You win the answer. Yes. Yes. So, Chris, Chris, you're one point up right now. Okay. Now, Robert, question for you is what did the guy from the Counting Crows use to get his hair that way? Bananas. Bananas? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm I think sorry. That's a good no. guess. That's a good guess, but the, the actual answer is plantains. Sorry. Oh, it's close, but we can't oh. accept it. Okay, back to Chris. You ready, Chris? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hands on the buzzer. How do you get a club soda stain out of your shirt? Oh, uh, blood. Okay, yes. <laughs> we, we also would have accepted red wine. No. My second guess was going to be semen. Oh, see, now we got to take the point you just got away from you. <laughs> Why? I said the right word, the right answer the first time. Yeah, but then you came in being an asshole, being like, well, I was going to say this. And then we don't play your well, shit. Well, because semen... Even if semen, you know, it, it, it blends in depending on what color your garment is, it still will show up in the black light. So if you go to a rave, you shouldn't wear that outfit. I don't know what color garments you own, Chris, but I don't own any crusty, faded, yellowish, uh, <laughs> yellowish, pearl colored. And like, I'm guessing I don't no see how one... semen is, is blending into anything you own well. Pastels uh, are in season now. And I'm guessing no one ever wants to put a black light in your truck, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. Whether they want to or whether they should, those those two those two are two totally different things. Be like a art exhibit. So, Robert, second question for you. You ready? Nope, but go ahead. What was what was Copernicus's middle name of his third grade teacher. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Jasmine. <coughs> oh, man, you were so close. It was Belle. I, you know, you had the whole the Disney princess thing there, and it worked. It worked for you. You were close. But we're actually going to have to flatten your tires. That's... As long as it's Two not wrongs, on my new mower, I don't care. Tires. You go right ahead. So, no, no. Every tire that you've ever looked at. Ooh, oh, wow. That's gonna take some time. Chris, you're gonna have to go out of your way for that one. Chris, you are back to number one. Are you ready? <laughs> you ready for your question? I am. What? Bring it on. Is your favorite White Snake song? And what hot <laughs> chick would you have <laughs> on top of the Trans Am in the video? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> What hot chick? Let's see. Hmm. I'm going to have to go with uh, one of my favorite women of all time, and she just happens to be white. 
who I also share a birthday with. Let's go with uh, Betty White. Oh, white she's more than on one kind of, of white, too. Betty White in a White Snake concert video. Why did I say concert? I don't know. But in a White Snake video, Betty White on top of a white Trans Am with um, you know, a white uh, snake on her. Correct. Oh, that's yay, the, a point for me. I'm go with it. Nice. You heard Chris. He said correct. <laughs> I get that point. Fuck you, Chris. It's my point. <laughs> Okay. Bing, 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 bing. Thank you. I really right, needed this, this laugh after the after that. Now, now this question is for both of you, and okay. you do have to buzz in, so I need to hear buzzes, not answers. You ready? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long can I possibly keep this garbage going? <laughs> buzz. <Three inches. laughs> Okay, I, I, I see. I heard Chris's buzz first, but then he answered, which he wasn't supposed to do. I was supposed to call on the buzzer. So since Robert said buzz, but buzz is not a length of time, he loses as well. Thank you for listening to a very. This was an episode of. It's um, uh, <laughs> Jesus Lord, not working out the way I wanted it to, but it's working. It's working. It's uh. That's Son what happens when you keep your topic this, in the dungeon all week. Oh, no. This is what happens when I dwell on terrible shit Japanese people do for a week. I love it. Episode love it so of much. See No, Hear No, Speak Now. The UFOs, the conspiracies, the uh, fart buzzers, actually, I believe is what happened there. You and farted? Murder. That was a fart? Really? Lots of murder. No, it wasn't a real fart. Oh, <laughs> And me. You get one a year. You get one a year to leave in the show. (laughs) And you had it last week, sir. I still gag when I fucking hear it, too. He's he's over that limit. He is way over that limit, I'm telling you. No, he gets one one audible fart a year. (laughs) It was amazing, but totally accidental. It's like I can taste it when I hear it. It's that it's that serious to me. <laughs> I try to tell you that. Like I, I get all of the glory of all of the sound with none of the smell. Yeah, it's still it's still vaporized it's vaporized fecal matter escaping <laughs> your asshole. Your vaporized fecal matter. Great comeback. We let you. <laughs> you know what? Oh, now I can now I can see why Scott was such a gossipy bitch about you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, but what are my thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Rob. Yes. Rob. Rob. Yes. Yes. What's are you our, there? What's the huh? fucking email address? <laughs> you already gave out the email address. Good lord. Oh my god. Some people are stupid and don't know that they can rewind things and they're like, wait, what is it again? They think they're listening to live fucking radio, man. Come on. So well, we they gotta, should be listening to this more than once. So, it's on them. Really? Mm-hmm. 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 Alright. If they want to fucking hear about some deformed fucking weirdo that kills kids and does, he switches to fucking... From like I don't know, from Heineken to 
bud ice because it blocks out the hair. Although I would like to leave you with, with one I little think... thing, though. Are you ready? Huh. Yeah. All right. So me and my son are driving by a cemetery the other day. I look at him and I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's illegal for the living for the people living in this town to be buried in there. And he's like, why? I said, because they're still alive. <laughs> Dead joke. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Thank you from the very bottom of my heart and soul. I needed. That was awesome. I needed. What I asked for last week, which is Robert to close out every show with his his goddamn top shelf dad joke. And I believe he delivered and I will I will slow clap that shit all day. You did, sir. Just like the milkman. Mm. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I really wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> you just brighten my day. That. You just brightened my day. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> totally. That was great. Oh, and now man. it's starting to get warm in here. All I right. love you. I love you guys, <sighs> man. You guys are the best. <laughs> thanks for thanks for getting getting me through this. And uh, just know though <laughs> that uh, that this was the picnic episode. Um, yeah. Next week's the bullet in the in the mouth episode, like the one where you just like just in case you just want to kind of keep a gun nearby, you know. Um, Oh, uh, rest in peace, Anthony cool. Bourdain. We still don't know why you left us or how, but maybe uh, saying that after a uh, prepare for suicide after a terrible uh, hearing something uh, joke was maybe uh, tactless and tasteless, and I apologize uh, infinitely and instantly. As always, my money is on autoerotic asphyxiation. With me? No, with or Anthony, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Oh, with anyone famous. Huh. Well, yeah. You isn't know that's that a the good way theory? the uh, the guy from uh, Kung Fu died? David Carradine. Yeah. Yeah. He is every mm-hmm. famous person ever, isn't he? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's he my is. go-to. The white guy Hell. for a Kung Fu movie. He he's my go-to. Well, yeah, because he was the white guy from the Kung Fu movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what who you would have put on top of the Trans Am? <laughs> yeah, Robert. <laughs> who would you? J- this doesn't count for points, but Robert. Which David Carradine movie would you put on top of the Trans Am in a White Snake video? <laughs> oh, man. I'd have to go with the okay. TV show, the original. Okay, that's fine. I mean, that's that's a hefty one, but I think Trans Ams are, are made well enough here in America to, to take it. So, What about the one he did uh, with uh, Rob Schneider? Wait, what? In that, when Rob Schneider like went to prison and he was trained by David Car- David Carradine before he went in to be a badass. I I you never saw that movie. No, no. It was pretty funny. I, I didn't. I, are you so sure you that you're just not making up your dream movie in your head right now, just hoping that it's real? <laughs> well, Rob Schneider no, did no, 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 so no, many no, movies. This is, this is real. I, th- yeah. That that is true, Rob. That is the truest thing you've ever said on this show. <laughs> There are so many movies. Well, no, I no, mean, I think that joke he just told is probably the truest thing he's ever said on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's time to end this. Just life in general, fellas. It's been a pleasure, but it's time 
for a good old-fashioned country countdown. Y'all ready? Y'all ready, y'all? Yeah. guys. Let's go with a one and a two and a... That's not a countdown, you stupid redneck. That's a count up. Nope. We went through this the that first time it happened. See, now i got to give it to the other guy. So, three, two, one. See, utilitarian, boring, but still goodbye. Good night, kids. That's right. It's the Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy song. Happy, happy, joy, joy, 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 happy, happy, joy, 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 happy, 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 to that part till the very end Jesus you guys were bummed out right away ew you knew it was wedding now Testing, 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 one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. In the fucking red, god damn it.